We're looking through Matthew chapter 9 together this week. This is day 3. We're going to look at verses 14 to 17. And you might remember from yesterday, we've just heard Jesus talking to the Pharisees about change. And now, some disciples of John the Baptist come on the backside of that, and they have a question that leads to Jesus teaching some more about how God changes our lives. In verses 14 and 15, Then John's disciples came and asked him, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and then they will fast. The disciples of John the Baptist come and say, why don't your disciples do the religious things that the Pharisees do, and even that we do? And Jesus answers, they will. It's just not the right time. It's not the right time. And then out of that, he teaches two principles for how change, real change, happens in my life, happens in your life. And he uses these pictures of of cloth and a patch of wine and a wineskin that help us to understand how God genuinely changes our lives. If you want to live the exciting life that God has for you to live, the life of change, the life of him changing your heart, changing your relationships, changing your circumstances, as you look at them in a different way, then you got to get a hold of these two truths. First truth is the old cannot contain the new. Jesus says the old cannot contain the new. Verses 16 and 17, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. For the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do men pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, and the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. Now, notice he talks here about this patch sewn on a garment. And when you washed it, if it was a new patch, it would shrink, so it would tear out, and it would actually make the tear worse. Making the tear worse. We can put a lot of effort into change and just make things worse. Using the wrong method for change, Jesus is teaching us here, will make things worse. We tend to think, well, any effort's worthwhile. At least I'm making some effort that's going to have some good result. No, Jesus says, if you use an old way to try to change to become something new, it's going to make you worse and not better. Now, what are we talking about here? Let me share with you from the Old Testament to the New, three ways that we try to fit the new into the old, things that will never work for change. One is trying to grow or to change by doing good. If I do enough good things, and that will cause me to change. That's a huge mistake. The picture that Jesus is painting here, it's graphic. We don't have wine and wineskins in our day, but what would happen is when you would take new wine and put it into a wineskin, a new wineskin, the wine would ferment, and so it would expand, and in expanding, the new wineskin, because it was new, because it was stretchable, it would expand as well. But an old wineskin, it had been out in the sun, it had lost its stretch. So if you tried to put new wine into it, when it tried to expand, it would burst the wineskin. When I try to grow by doing good, when I try to grow by my own works, the scripture says very clearly, that's never going to work. That's never going to cause you to change. You can't do enough good to cause change. Now, some of the good you do might indicate the changes that God's working in your heart. But as we said yesterday, change always starts from the inside out, never from the outside in. There have been millions, literally billions of people who have tried to change from the outside in and gotten more and more and more depressed throughout their lives. It's not the road change. It's the old way of doing things. 
trying to grow by and change by doing good. A second way that doesn't work is trying to change by keeping rules. If you give your child, those of you that are parents, only rules, they never make a decision on their own up until the time they're like out of college. Are they going to be a mature adult ready for life? Not a chance. If you just have rules, if that's all you've got, you just keep those rules, they either produce unthinking compliance or more often rebellion. They don't produce growth. In your mind, I just want you to say this phrase back in your mind. Rules cannot produce growth. Rules cannot produce growth. Now, I know there's a lot of rules in the Bible. There's a lot of rules in the Old Testament. But those rules weren't put there to produce growth in our lives. They were there to show us our need for God, to show us our need for change. Now, again, those rules can help us to see the direction that God is growing us, but they can't produce the growth. Grace produces growth. Now, much of what is in the law can show us the direction that grace is growing us in. But remember, grace is the jet that powers us. The law gives some insight into God's flight plan for our lives, but grace is the jet that powers us. Sometimes I think that we think we're doing it when God's doing it. We fool ourselves. If you're living in God's grace, he is growing you in ways that are beyond your imagination. It seems to me sometimes that it's as if we are out in our little rowboat trying to row our way across the Atlantic Ocean and God comes by in his great big ocean liner and says, hey, let me put your rowboat on the, uh, on the ocean liner. And we say, okay, that'd be great. I mean, your grace is going to carry me to where you want me to be. He puts the rowboat on the ocean liner, but we stay in the rowboat. In fact, not only do we stay in the rowboat, we keep working the oars because we say, I want to keep doing my part. If you're doing that, you're fooling yourself into thinking that you working the oars is what's making that boat go across the ocean. God's grace is what's powering it. Now, he's got some things for you to do on the boat. He's got some work for you to do. But thinking that somehow you keeping rules or you being good is what's causing your growth, it's the Holy Spirit. It's God's power. It's God's grace that causes growth. Now, there's a third old way of doing things that never produces growth in our lives or change, and that is trying to change by feeling bad. If I just feel bad enough about myself, then I'll do good things. Guilt cannot produce growth. Grace produces growth. Guilt can never produce growth. We think, if I feel bad enough about myself, I'll be better. That just makes you feel worse about yourself, further from God. It doesn't make sense if you really think about it. It's like saying, if I'll get sicker, then that'll make me better. Guilt is an indication. It's a warning light in your life that something is wrong. But never confuse the warning light with the action that you need to take to make it right. You need to get something fixed in your life, and that means you get back to God. You get back to who he is. You don't spend the rest of your life staring at the warning light thinking that's going to motivate you to growth. No, you do something about it. You get closer to him. Those are the old ways of growth that will never work. Now, what's the new way? What's the different way we need to think? The second major truth in this passage is only the new can contain the new. The old can't contain the new. Only the new can contain the new. Very simple. So 17, the last part of that verse says, no, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. There's something powerful here about the new life that Christ wants to give us. You don't become new gradually. You are made new miraculously. Now, I know, then you grow gradually to show what God has made you to be. You grow gradually to live out that newness that God has put into your life. 
But God pours this newness into your life, into the new person he's made you to be in Christ. Think of it like a butterfly. If you've got a caterpillar, you cannot strap wings on that caterpillar and somehow make it into a being that could fly. Or you can't give the caterpillar flying lessons and gradually get the caterpillar into a place where it's convinced, it understands that it can fly. By nature, it can't fly. It can only crawl. The nature, its nature has to change. And God has changed our nature in Jesus. He's made us new in Jesus. Just like the caterpillar has to be transformed in order to be a butterfly, you and I have to be transformed in order to live out the life of Christ. Now, make no mistake, we do have a part in our growth. And our growth, as we see it from our side, it does happen gradually. But never let that cause you to take credit for your growth. Or never let that cause you to forget the fact that it began instantaneously. And every bit of growth that happens in your life, it comes out of the miracle of what Jesus did for you when he saved you. The miracle of what Jesus did for you when he put his spirit into your life. You see, before I can act in a new way, I've got to see myself in a new way. And before legitimately being able to see myself in a new way, without lying to myself, I've got to know that I'm a new person. And Jesus says, I promise you, you are a new creation in me. I have made you a new person. Just think through this in your mind. The truth of our nature and how we change is being comes before seeing. First, I've got to be it before I can see it, or else I'm just lying to myself. For instance, if I tried to like see myself as a great singer, as an opera singer. I could try to see myself as an opera singer all day long. I'm never going to sing like an opera singer because that's not what I am. I don't have the vocal cords for it. I'm not going to prove that to you right now by singing a few bars. You would hate that, but you understand what I'm saying. You have to know that there's truth behind what you're trying to see. You're not just trying to fool yourself by some fake positive thinking. So being comes before seeing. And God says, I made you a new creation so I can now see myself as a new creation in Christ. And seeing comes before acting. When I start to see myself that way, then I start to live out who God's made me to be. And by the way, acting almost always comes before feeling. You act your way into a new way of feeling. There's many times when you're gonna feel like, I'm not much of a Christian, I'm not a new person, I'm not. So you go back to the beginning. Who's God made me to be? Help me to see that with eyes of faith and help me to act on that. And then watch the feelings that grow out of that, out of that kind of faith, out of that kind of trust in you. Let's take a minute right now together and trust God in prayer for the change that he wants to work in our lives today. Our Father, as we pray together, we know that you're working in our hearts and lives. You're working to change us from the inside out, to change us to be more like Jesus. Forgive us for those times when we ignore that process and go off on our own. Forgive us for those times when we take too much credit for that process and think that somehow we're doing it. Lord, you're at work in us. So help us to see, to have faith in you today, to see us ourselves for who we are in you, Jesus. But then out of that, to trust you, to follow you, to take the steps of faith in our lives. Lord, how do you want to change us today in the way that we talk, in the way that we think, in the way that we act? Lord, direct us, guide us. Help us to put faith in you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at how you break the grip of suffering in a person's life. <laughs>